The book of Colossians, and I'm not going to read the text. We've been reading it, but we are looking at the scripture which talks about the inheritance that we have. And I've gone through my concordance and picked out all the verses that talk about things that we inherit. And we're just taking a few moments to look at some of these things. To get us an idea, inheritance is something you look forward to, something that you have that comes from the Lord's hand. And we are very blessed, very blessed to know the Savior and to have him target us for blessings in the future. Let's ask his blessing on this time. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. The uh, verse over my head behind me talks about your, immerse, your mercies that are never ending. We are so fortunate and so blessed to have that kind of Savior, that kind of God. You're self-centered and wicked, self-focused. Jeremiah tells us that our heart is deceitful. We easily deceive ourselves and fool ourselves. And I'm so thankful that you are the Savior. You are the kind of God that extends to us grace and mercy and that has provided payment for our sin so that we stand before you complete in Christ, forgiven. This morning, Lord, as we're looking at another word that is, we use all the time. It's the word salvation, very common word. I pray that as we meditate on these things for a few minutes, that you will be speaking to my heart and to our hearts, and that you would stir in us a spirit of, and a desire to live for you and to please you and to experience that deliverance that you promise in the gospel. If there are those here this morning that may be religious, may think that they are doing a lot of things that are pleasing to you, but they have not surrendered to you, I pray that this morning you would speak to their hearts clearly, beginning with mine. Thank you for your mercy, and thank you for your grace, and thank you for this time, and I ask your blessing upon it. I pray in Jesus' name. We, some of the things that we inherit that we've looked at, thank you David the earth we uh, know that this planet that God has created here, there are going to be some renovations and things but we're going to be on the earth, eternal life is another thing that he has provided for us, not just life that never ends in this realm, this world that God has created, this is the life that we are used to here, but outside of that, in the realm of his eternal abode, there is a life that is God-life. It's his life, and he has provided that for us. So it's a different kind. It's not just life that keeps breathing, but it's a life that, that enables us to be alive spiritually with God and with him, with the Lord. And then this morning, um, well, last time we looked at the kingdom. We talked about the kingdom, and then... Uh, this morning we're looking at the, as I mentioned, the subject of salvation. Very common word. It's almost like a, in stocks, you talk about blue chips, stocks, and things. It's almost like a blue chip 
uh, word in the Christian vocabulary. And it's because it's listed in the scripture as the reason Christ came. He came to save, he was seeking to save that which was lost. And uh, so we are. So that we are those that Hebrews 1 14. When uh, uh, the writer of the Hebrews is described, are sent to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation, that is us. And so salvation is something that we also will inherit. The Greek word soteria is the word that's translated salvation. And what it means is, and this is helpful to understand that these uh, deliverance or preservation from danger. All of these things, you can see how they would apply to sin. God can, does in salvation, provide deliverance in our lives from sin. Some places where the word is used, remember the Baptist Zacharias, uh, in his, um, they call it Benedictus, his, his statement there is he held that child, John, uh, when he was born. Remember that uh, Zacharias. His wife Elizabeth in prayers and the angel. Stood before him and confronted his wife. Um, he was standing there now after the birth of the child, holding that son in his arms, and uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord God of Israel, redemption for his people. That's such a good statement that God has visited his people. He's, uh, he has accomplished redemption for his people and he has raised up a horn that's the symbol uh, symbolic of strength if you will he's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of david his servant um, we don't want to confuse that with thinking that he's raised up a horn of salvation in John the Baptist. He's holding this. So he's saying, he's talking here that uh, the Lord has visited his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation in the house of David, his servant. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. From and this is a quote from Psalm 106.10. Salvation or deliverance from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. In, in that, the context there is he's talking about being delivered from the nations that come out of Egypt. And God delivered them from the Egyptians and from the hand of those who hated us, is what he's using. But you know, in this passage, he's also including it for the Messiah that we have been delivered. That he has delivered us, the Messiah, that's the salvation. I'm just giving you a few places where that word is used, that uh, of that idea of deliverance. One of the places 
that you remember when Paul was in the book of Acts, it was in that shipwreck and they beached the aircraft actually split apart in Malta. Remember that? Well, he had, Paul had told him earlier that he wanted to encourage the people that they gone a long time without eating. And he said to them, you take some food, this is your, and he used the word salvation there. This is your salvation, not a hair from your head. That's the same word that you, that this word salvation is a word of deliverance. It's a word that gives you hope. The same with, with, with Stephen. When Stephen was given um, his defense, he talked about Moses. Who suppose others understood that God was granting them deliverance for him, provided deliverance, provided uh, salvation for us. That's the idea, I think, behind, and you're familiar with Romans 1 16 and 17, where Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the dunamis, it is the power of God for salvation who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is exposed or revealed by faith. I love that passage. And the reason I love it in the church is the place that we should utilize that because this is the place where if we embrace the gospel of God, promises in us in our midst for deliverance we are a people that need deliverance not just deliverance from sin but deliverance from sin's bondage i think all of us know people and in fact i think all of us in this room are find ourselves sometimes enslaved to something it doesn't have to be drugs we mentioned our bible study on, on uh, wednesday night at the Ramble, and there are a number of families there are very, very good and very influential and well-to-do families who have members, close members, like a son or a niece or whatever, that have been in a type of, uh, I don't want to say a lockdown, but a type of rehab institution that they've gone through 30 days for rehabilitation they've not had anything any alcohol drink not had any tobacco do you see what i'm saying they have gone to cold turkey they've gone through the withdrawals that, that uh and detoxification and stuff like that and then come out and it didn't take long before they go back right into that same just i knew i used to smoke and <clears throat> i know when i quit if i all i had just to take one cigarette and light it up and i'd be right back to my addiction to that um But it's not just that there are lots of people that, in fact, I that uh, I went, when I worked down at Lowe's, I have opportunity to read on a stool by a cashier and I'm reading this book. The book is entitled uh, And it talks about the power of the gospel to deliver. Okay. Salvation is God's power. To, thank you, Pete, for turning that on. Salvation is God's power to deliver us. And the church is the place where we, as hospital patients that struggle with addictions, come to talk about that. 
But it doesn't have to be just addiction of, of uh, drugs or alcohol. It can be addiction of television or the addiction of overeating. It can be addiction of football, Alabama football. It could be addiction of anything that dominates our life in a way that it becomes, um, we, we become enslaved to it. You understand what I mean by enslaved to it? We, I've heard people being enslaved to soda. Uh, I was going to tease Larry about Mountain Dew and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, you, you we can go ahead and tease him. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> we'll like that. <laughs> but we can so easily be addicted to a lot of things that really hold us in enslavement, so to speak, in bondage. And uh, the gospel, when we come to Christ, if we really surrender our lives to him, he enables us to put him, to find Jesus, put Jesus first. He enables us, to, instead of worshiping ourselves, we worship him. Instead of just surrendering to pleasing ourselves, we want to surrender to him and we want to please him. I want to do that, and I find over and over again in my life that I'm still more interested in pleasing myself. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just like it's easy to put myself first. And so I, I, I don't like that, and it bothers me. And I, so that's one of the reasons why I'm stopping at this point is that we struggle with these kinds of addictions and things. But God says, Paul says that he's not embarrassed about the gospel because in it is the power of God unto deliverance, not just the deliverance from sin. And that's the best thing, but there are other areas in which it delivers us and helps us to break you know, free to serve the Lord. And so this is one of the things that, that we talk about when we talk about salvation, yes, it is. Also, social media, you can get out there and just talk to this one that we're going to speak on and we're going to put it out just within an hour. And then, which is exactly right. Exactly right. It, it swallows you up just about. Exactly. You have your devotion to read yourself and you have to read it from the house. Yeah. You don't hear a text coming through you. Throw away your whole mind, just think, oh, I wonder who that was. That's the very truth. That's really true. And, and uh, this, I've seen that too. I've seen it uh, um, looking at YouTube. It, it can swallow you up. You can just have all kinds of stuff in there from John MacArthur, all kinds of stuff in there from, there's a lot of stuff from the Nick Saban because I clicked on the Alabama football. But there's all kinds of stuff. We lost the game yesterday. But anyway, this is um, this is this is an addiction. It is something that swallows us up, and I don't want my life to be dominated and overcome and swallowed up by something other than Jesus. I want Him. I want Him to be the Lord of my life, and uh, I have to work at that because I continually come back and continually uh, stuff comes out of my mouth or comes out of my heart. That reveals that I'm still living for Peter Jones rather than the Lord. Uh, you can you can seriously pray for each other and particularly me along that line that I would be faithful to the calling that God has placed in my life. Uh, um, as we said, talks about being delivered from sin through telling Timothy and. Second Timothy three sixteen. 
the scriptures. That you've known the sacred writings, which are this word lies. salvation they're able to give to you it's it's um and it kind of carries the idea not just of of reading it once and all of a sudden you know everything who god is what your need is how you can please him makes you can increasingly sensitive to the lord you you read it a lot. You read it every day. Oh, you should. Really should. That should, that should be. I didn't read my Bible this morning because I was going over my notes and trying to put things down. But I try to read it every single day. It's just a part of it. It, it actually becomes a routine. Maybe. I don't know. That means it's too. What is that? Yes, it is. It is. It's a. It's a it becomes a habit, a good habit. That I actually forward to it, really. Um, there are lots of, of places in the Bible that have become more precious to me as I have read them. It used to be, uh, it didn't spend a lot of time in a lot of, you know, you the attitude But they're not, they're valuable. Rick woke me to the, to the many, many, many scriptural declarations in the Old Testament describing the details to go into the temple and to what was used in the items of the temple, the dimensions of the temple, and the, the types of material used in construction of the temple. And, and Rick made the comment, it's really interesting. <laughs> And so I, I appreciate that. I remember you doing that. I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember. And uh, I said, you know what? This is this is really good. And if you if you take the time, I've heard uh, preachers talk about going through the Beatitudes and studying the different generations and stuff, and and really mine like you mine for gold, mining a lot of value out of it of the scriptures, because it works in your heart to help cleanse your heart to deliver you from just little insignificant things and expands your horizon and helps you see greater things. The thing we were looking at the other day in Peter, where Peter talks about that if you add these things to your life, you won't be a forgetful, you will expand your ability to minister. If you don't add these things to your Christian life, then you begin to become forgetful and you forget your salvation, you become short-sighted and blind and not able to see uh, what's going on in, in front of you. And that's true. We, we respond a lot to the things that we dwell upon, and particularly in the scriptures. So, the, the uh, Paul told Timothy, the, the sacred writings are able to make you wise under salvation. Um, in Luke uh, chapter 1, uh, he holds his son in his arms. He's looking at him, and he says to him, He says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of you. You are going to prepare the way. 
way so that the Messiah can come and give to his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Every Wednesday night when we pray, we come and pray. And usually, I don't, can't remember a time we didn't. If somebody is going to say, thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for that. That's the only thing that separates us from God. That's the thing that, that kills our spirit, kills our life, kills our joy, uh, detours us. And here, he says that this salvation is there to deliver us from our sins. Give us forgiveness. Isn't that good? That really changes our heart and changes our life, and it's called salvation. Remember, Zacchaeus, little short guy, and that's he Jesus. And I don't know all the background is. He made a lot of money. Uh, some Jewish people and later in the Hebrews hated hunger, this longing in his heart for something that he couldn't find in his money. And it doesn't, the scripture doesn't say a lot, it just says that he was short short of statue. And when Jesus was coming through Jericho, Zacchaeus wanted so bad to see him that he got the idea of the big sycamore tree down there. So he ran down and climbed up and Jesus is love of heaven. They are not. He had a formula divided. He got about it. He jumped down and he ran home. He got everything ready. Jesus came. At the table, and uh, Zacchaeus' house, and he certainly wouldn't be dining with him. This, this guy is a tax collector. He's a, some of the earth. What is Jesus' name? He stopped and he said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have extorted any uh, of any one, I will give back four times as much. That's that's saying something for a guy that's been living making money for people. At his heart was that dominant, but not anymore. Now he had come to know and love and surrender to Jesus. Just sitting there, he doesn't say everything he heard, but this was enough. And when Jesus heard that, Jesus said, "Today, salvation has come to this house." Because he is also a son of Abraham, it's the children of Israel have come to, to bring to, to the Father. For this man, this uh, man is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save or deliver that which was lost. He came. He came for you, and he came for me. He came, he left for The song said that doesn't it is true. He left the glories of heaven, knowing that Paul says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, and I'm gonna to need to finish up here because we're out of time. But Paul says, um, 
Romans 10 he says if you confess in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart a person believes leading to righteousness and with the mouth he confesses leading to salvation I love that verse and just think about what he's saying what does it mean confess acknowledge say the same thing God says it's used in first just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To confess, are in fact sinful. And we can't say, you know, oh, I know I shouldn't have got, you know, you made me mad. You made me mad by saying this or this, I would have done that or something like that. Now we acknowledge that what we did was our fault, it was our sin. God calls it sin. We agree with him. And we acknowledge it. We confess it and turn from it. And that's sort of what he says. Jesus as Lord. That means that he is the sovereign. He is, he is boss. If we acknowledge that, and uh, that's in our mouth, uh, we confess that and we believe in our heart. It means that that we are confident that Christ has made a sufficient sacrifice in the resurrection is proof that he accepted. And acknowledge that you will be saved. You will be saved. That's a promise from Scripture. That's a good promise. You believe you confess and believe. But why? Because with the heart, a person believes, which leads to righteousness in his life. Um, and the intellectual belief. That's what we think sometimes just to. But it's a, it's a trusting and relying on. I remember the Amplified Bible when translating that um, uses that phrase believe and hope and trust and rely on this, this uh, what Jesus has done. So if you believe and trust and rely on Him, um, with, with the heart of man does that, believes, leads to righteousness, and with the mouth, he agrees with God, confesses, leading to salvation. What he's saying here is that salvation affects us both inward and outward, inside our hearts. Outside what we say, what we do with our lives, it makes a difference in our lives. Have you done that? Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord? Is He the sovereign of your life, the Lord of your life, the boss? Um, I'm, I'm working on my Christmas card now, which talks about Jesus being the light of the world. And uh, John tells us that light has come into the world. You know the rest of the verse, don't you? That men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The light exposes their deeds. So we run away from that because we don't want to forsake our deeds. Uh, we want to hold on to them. We don't want something that's going to, to make us guilty. We are guilty, but we don't want something that's going to do that. So we run from the light. But uh, Jesus is the light of the world, and he is the one who has come. And I want to run to him. I really do want to run to him. And yet I know that there are things that are exposed that, that I kind of hate, hate to, to surrender. I know that sounds terrible, but I, I just find that there's, there's attraction in my life for the world and things of the world that shouldn't be there. And I've got to confess those things and bring them before the Lord. Before the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? And so God is so merciful and God is so gracious and God is so good to me. And, and we just, we, we, uh, we have so much to be thankful for. So if you're sitting here, one of the verses that I think is very reverent, 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 
is that the Second Corinthians six two where it talks about this is an acceptable time. Next says now is the acceptable time, and now is the day of salvation. Time and day. These are hearts. He doesn't know. And that's this is you know we we have a Bible study over here at Luke's. I mean at Larry's to uh, see the Lord use that study. Actually, sort of kind of backwards in a way because technically speaking, we as a church should be gathered there to learn the witness. To the, to the scriptures and to the power of scripture. Now we want the world to come in. We want to witness to them, and I and I do that, and I think we should do that. I think it's a good idea. But we recognize witness, men should be the witness of our life in the gospel. Um, I, I was talking to people that want us give us about that article. The people that are atheists. But that they want us to to pray for that they have they find strength in being around somebody that uh, and I, I have a friend that loves um, his name's Nathan and he's a he's a retired nuclear engineer he's a very smart guy used to work a lot with nuclear submarines and things like that and he's retired from that so he worked at Lowe's for a long time just to have something to do and. But I would, I would witness to him you know, several times and say that you need to read your Bible, you need to go to the Bible study and stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. But his brother uh, recently, you know, canceled. He said, brother, you named him, I don't remember. I named him. So I say, well, I will, I will be praying for him and I pray for you as well. And, uh, um, but as he's coming back on several occasions, comes back and he usually ends up seeing him briefly. And uh, you know, something that he has, a, but I always do. I say, well, I'll be praying about that. It's like they don't want to admit it, but it's just somebody praying. And uh, as if my prayers were more valuable than his prayers or anybody else's. If you know the Lord, you have access to the Savior, not to me or anybody else. So anyway, um, today is the day of salvation, and salvation is only through Jesus. That's what the Acts says. There is salvation in no one else, no other name. Isn't that interesting? No other name. It doesn't say no other person. It says no other name, but that's because the name is the flag, if you will, or the the uh, symbol, the seal that represents the person. No other name um, under heaven that has been given among men. And so this is like this name has been handed outside of the realm of of men to them. No other name under heaven which we must be liberated or saved. There's only one name. There's only one person. It's only through Jesus, there's salvation and no one else. So I'm encouraging you this morning um, to trust in him. Hebrews says that he is made 
control, only one, but it is enough. For Holy God, accepted you in Christ. So that's that's uh, that is very. And, and Hebrews also says we will won't escape if we neglect that salvation. It can't be neglected. We can't just just play games with it. We, we uh, we're dealing with something a lot bigger, someone a lot bigger, and something more precious than anything we can contemplate. Salvation being provided. So we need to take it seriously, and uh, we want to, to uh, honor the Lord. Peter says that. that um, it says, work out your salvation with fear and not Peter. Paul says that the will and the work of his good pleasure. We work, we cooperate, we obey, we are cooperating with the Lord with his, his work because it's God working in us and through us. And that's that's not only true when coming to church, but it's true in reading the Bible. It's true when you witness, it's true when you uh, Talk to people about different things in the Lord, or when you're living. When you, that's true. When you when you get upset and you say something or do something, and then you have to come back and say, you know what, I'm that was not very godly of me to say that, and I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me for that. God works in that in these things, but He uses our weaknesses and He uses our strengths and He uses our so anyway. That's one of the I think I'm going to stop here. The salvation that he is the salvation that the cost of the sacrifice of his son on the cross, but it is a sacrifice that delivers from sin, pays the sin, and enables us to be pleasing to him. Enables us to be pleasing to him. That's a good thing. All right, I know we got to get out savings time, so let me let me close in prayer. Father, I do thank you for the salvation that you have so graciously provided for us. Thank you for this time that we can look at it. We've handled the, the terms that are extremely important and relevant in the scriptures that apply to very, very important areas of our lives. I pray that you'll help us not to, not to treat them lightly. We have a bad habit of doing that sometimes. Uh, Taking them sort of the box that we're playing with, and the diamonds, the things are such a casual. The Bible says that we carry a priceless treasure in a in an earthen, weak earthen vessel, and uh, so. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. This is the church, and uh, I pray that you'll help. Us to be sensitive to those that, that we run into. Maybe with addictions, maybe struggling the one that people are struggling with. These are things that, that Satan is using to get hold of our lives. And so help us to, to spend a lot of time in the Word and to be aware of those around us. And maybe we can become a provision. Of your mercy and grace, uh, maybe like a, a, a nurse or a doctor.
mean for somebody who's having physical to be able to help others. So uh, I pray that you'd help us to be accurate and effective. Purveyors of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, so that we can tell people how to live in Christ and serve and live you. Help us set that by example so that they within us. Thank you for them. And I ask your blessing upon the remainder of the day. Pray for the leadership meeting this afternoon and from there as well. Thank you.